A reading from the second book of Kings. One day, Elijah was passing through Shuman, where a wealthy woman lived, who urged him to have a meal. So whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for a meal. She said to her husband, Look, I am sure that this man who regularly passes our way is a holy man of God. Let us make a small roof chamber with walls and put for him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp so that he can stay there whenever he comes to us. One day, when Elijah came there, he went up to the chamber and lay down there. He said to his servant Gehazi, What then may be done for the woman? Gehazi answered, Well, she has no son, and her husband is old. Elijah said, Call her. When the servant had called her, she stood at the door. Elijah said, At this season, in due time, you shall embrace a son. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A reading from a letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, all of us who have been baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in the newness of life. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you may also consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his apostles, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, that person will not lose their reward. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. My friends, as we develop 
from week to week. We're hoping that the number of instructions and all that kind of thing that had to be given the first week is kind of cut back as we go on. But since it's only the second week, there are still going to be a few things that will need to be reviewed, especially for the sake of those who are joining us for the first time today. The other thing is that since the recording for the purpose of being put up on our website by tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock is only this part of the Mass, the Liturgy of the Word, with the readings and the homily, just like we had always been doing it in Advent and Lent before. This is probably, at least at this Mass anyway, the best time to make announcements, because I would like those who are watching at home to hear them, especially as they might apply to themselves, as well as to those who are here. So a couple of things to draw your attention to. First of all, a little message from our St. Vincent de Paul Society. A great deal of work, of course, has been done over the course of these last three and more months to assist those who are in need or newly in need in our midst. But the St. Vincent de Paul Society is suggesting that maybe it would be helpful if we did start having some more donations of foodstuffs, non-perishable food items, toiletries, the kinds of things that you usually do bring uh, so graciously and generously and that get put into that big box in the narthex. So if you would be kind enough to start doing this once again, it will be very deeply appreciated. The Knights of Columbus will be having the next bottle drive the first one was under some very, very restrictive conditions, but <clears throat> this one will be a little rather more in the ordinary fashion. It will take place on Tuesday, the 7th of July, from 4 until 6 p.m. in the parking lot of the church, all appropriate precautions being observed, and we will be very pleased to receive your used bottles and cans and this kind of thing. As always, all this kind of thing ends up being proceeds that go to the marvelous work of Special Olympics. So being able to restore the bottle drives in the days immediately after our summer holiday times uh, is a good thing to be getting back to. I do want to remind you, and this may be a particular help for those who are still watching us only, is remember that we do have daily mass. And some might find that going to daily Mass could be a kind of a tentative first step in the direction of coming back, where the numbers that come to daily Mass are quite a bit smaller. And please feel very welcome. Daily Mass is celebrated Tuesday through Friday at 8 a.m. That said, for this Wednesday, July 1st, the national holiday of our nation, we will celebrate the Mass at 9 a.m., but the other days of the week at 8 a.m. And the last thing I will just mention, which may not be of much use to those who are watching from home, but I have been asked by Mary if I would make the announcement that there is going to be a little bit of extra help needed for the cleaning activities of the pews and the washrooms and the seats after this Mass. 
the ones on Sunday morning are well taken care of, but this mass is going to be needing some additional help, not necessarily tonight, but over the course of the next weeks. So if you are willing uh, to stay a little bit behind um, after the five o'clock mass on at least some Saturdays and assist with that cleaning, the more hands, the less work. And please let Mary know of your availability, uh, perhaps before you leave today. It is, since we're honoring Canada this week in a particular way, it is a storied part of our history. The Jesuit priests and lay associates who came to this land at a time when it was still very hostile and very unforgiving in order to preach the gospel. We have now for into centuries known them with great affection as the Canadian martyrs. And I have always admired them, but there's something about their story that I didn't really realize until I was much older. Most people know that the Canadian martyrs suffered dreadful, dreadful tortures as a response to their proclamation of the gospel and of course ultimately were put to death. What I had not really known or maybe focused on was the fact that apparently after they had experienced one round of dreadful tortures, they were in fact able to escape and they went back to France and apparently turned around and came back here again in order to resume their work this time to experience still greater tortures and ultimately death. And upon coming to realize that that's what they had in fact done, I must admit I had to stop and pause and think about that. And you sort of say, why did they do that? When they had the dreadful experience of rejection and persecution and torture, and managed to escape it. Why would they come back again? Were they gluttons for punishment? Did they just want more of that? No. They were, if anything, gluttons for the proclamation of the word of God and on fire for that. There are several reasons, I think, why they and many, many others like them through the centuries who have done heroic works for the sake of the Lord would go right back into a situation that was dangerous. And I've already articulated the number one reason, because being on fire for the gospel message meant more to them than anything else. And that fire was burning so brightly that it would not allow them to stop, much less yet, to retreat. They believed and they understood Jesus' horribly challenging but glorious words in our gospel today. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. There are a couple of other reasons, though, 
why people would do this kind of return into a situation of danger. And the two reasons at first glance might seem like they don't really go together, like they would conflict with each other. One of them is that they knew that this whole thing was not about them. It wasn't about them. It's about the Lord. It's about the fire that is within. It's about the cause. It's about the intent and the goal that is being desired to be achieved. What they were doing was taking them out of themselves so that they weren't thinking about themselves. It wasn't about them. And when you are filled with a dream that takes you outside of yourself and you're saying, this isn't about me, it's about something bigger than me, then you might very well go back into the danger again. Because that's what the power of your conviction and indeed of your love does. But the other thing that might seem like it contradicts is that at one and the same time as they knew it wasn't about them, they also knew that they were very protected and very safe. They were safe in the arms of a God who was going to take care of them in all the ways that really mattered. So in a sense, it really was about them. It was about them as followers of the Lord, as witnesses to him, as persons who knew they had been chosen. So it was about them and it wasn't about them at the same time. And because of both of those things, they were able to go forward. They knew that they would be guarded and protected, as we heard in our gospel last week, where Jesus spoke about how you are more valuable than the sparrows, and do not fear those who can only kill the body but can't kill the soul, and all the things that he said on that occasion. They also knew that they would be taken care of in various real and practical ways, as Jesus promises in our gospel today, when he says, there will be people who will welcome you, there will be people who will receive you and take care of you and give even that proverbial cup of cold water to the disciple, and they will receive the same reward as the one whom they're welcoming, because they're welcoming me, even as they welcome my servant. They knew that they were going to be safeguarded and protected, and one might feel like saying, when they knew that they were going to be persecuted, tortured, and killed, where do you get off saying that they knew they were going to be protected? But remember what I said. They were going to be protected in all the ways that really mattered. This is not an injunction from Jesus only for the heroic, only for the ones whom we would consider to be the great martyrs though it certainly applies to them, and they are a great model for us. It is really the mandate of every Christian believer. We are called to put aside those fears. Again, we heard that last week. Fear not. Fear nothing. We are called to put that kind of thing aside and to recognize that we are doing a work which we have been called to by one who is bigger than we are, and we are convicted of something that is bigger than we are. And yet, he will safeguard us and lead us on the way, no matter what trials or perils we have to go through. 
That applies no matter what the aspects of our life are. And very, very few of us, if any, who follow Christ have what anyone would really consider a comfortable life. We may not be tortured and persecuted yet, but it's not an easy thing to be a witness to the Lord. Jesus is telling his disciples, these ones whom he's sending out, we have a series of gospels now where Jesus is speaking to those whom he's preparing to send out. He's telling us that we've got a mission and that mission, which is in his heart, is the thing we must really focus on. And I invite you to stop and think with me right now of maybe somebody in your life, whether in your past, someone who has touched you personally in whatever way, or maybe just some, simply someone whom you admire, whom you know has gone way, way out of their way, who has really walked into the face of danger, and yet would not think twice about doing that because of all the reasons we've given. They know that they are on fire with the importance of the cause that they are devoting themselves to. They know it's bigger than they are and they know they're going to be protected in all the ways that matter. Think about such persons. They could be doing things that would never catch newspaper headlines, but they are heroic followings of the Lord nevertheless. And maybe we just might find that we've been called to that to a greater degree than we ever imagined. He will be with us. He is with us every step of the way. We must never forget that. We hope that our podcasts have been inspiring. And now, our pastor, Father Martin, offers a few closing words. Thank you for joining us. I offer a special greeting to members of our parish family unable by sickness or other reason to worship with us in person and to anyone visiting our parish via these podcasts. Please share the readings and homilies with others by inviting them to our website where they can find them all day by day. To learn more about our parish community, please visit our website at holyrosaryburlington.com and be sure to share our site with family and friends. We do look forward to hearing from you, so please email us with your comments. And thank you for your prayers and support.